Good evening. This is Bishop Collins. Thank you so much for allowing me to be in your home tonight. I count it a privilege to, to be here. I have an incredible word for you tonight as we continue our holy month, if you will, uh, a message. The message tonight is called The Coming of Our King. And I want you to know that Jesus Christ is coming back again. And if we take a, if we look at the, the, the world we're living in today, if we survey the landscape, of what's happening in the world today, not just America, you gotta think that it's, he's, he's coming back soon. Come Lord Jesus, come. But we wanna look at the, the fact that Christ is coming back soon and what is our response? What should our response be as we live our life today? So let's go check out the message. I'll be back in just a few minutes. So I want you to get a clear picture of what's going on here. Jesus Christ is coming to the end of his ministry here on earth. He has been working with the disciples for uh, several years now, trying to get them to understand how to operate here on earth, to, that he might advance the kingdom, that they might advance the kingdom of God here on earth. He's showed them uh, miracles and signs and wonders. He's taught them uh, personally. He's discipled them, if you will, on how uh, it, how he would have them to continue to operate the church once it has established. He has come to the conclusion that they are ready for uh, to take over, if you will, uh, his ministry. And so he has had a mindset that has been focused like Flint heading toward Jerusalem that he might fulfill the assignment that God the Father has given him that he agreed upon uh, uh, for, uh, uh, hundreds of years ago. And so here he is now coming into Jerusalem. Now there are people in Jerusalem that, that are his followers who believe that Jesus Christ has come as to be king of Israel. King in the physical sense, meaning that they were going to overthrow the, the, uh, the, the Roman emperor and that uh, Israel was going to reestablish its sovereignty as a nation, as, as a state. They did not understand that he was a spiritual king and not a physical king. So what we see going on here is they are celebrating his kingship, but they see it as a physical kingship and not as a spiritual one. And so here is Christ uh, getting ready now to, to make his, his, his triumphant entry, if you will. And there are people who are so excited because of uh, the miracles they have seen. This is on the backside of Lazarus, him calling Lazarus out of the, out of the grave. And people are beginning to see him as uh, the, the, the savior of Israel, as a savior of the nation, if you will. And so now they've got this donkey and they've put Jesus on it. And what a, what a blessed privilege uh, to, have to, 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 to have Jesus riding you anywhere in the name of Jesus Christ. And this donkey, and they are coming. They, they, they went up to the mountain, but now they're, uh, they're ascending off of the mountain then down, down, down into Jerusalem. And so they, they've got people now that are, that are shout, that they're, they're shouting. Uh, one uh, example says they're shouting, Hosanna. They're, they're shouting, blessed is the king who comes in the name of the Lord. And today they are taking their coats and they put the coat on, on the donkey 
donkey and they took the coats and threw them down in the, in the, in the, in the road so the donkey wouldn't have to walk on the dirt. And they, they're cutting down palm trees and they're laying the palm trees down. That's why they call it Palm Sunday. They're laying the palm uh, limbs, the palm branches down. And they're, it, they're, they're, it, it, it's the triumph. That's, that's, that's how they treat a king. That's how they treat a returning king, a king who has gone off to battle and come back victorious. That's the same treatment they give to a returning king. They're giving that treatment to Jesus Christ, and you got to know there is commotion all over the city about Jesus coming in to the city. But as he, as he comes to the point where he can now view the entire city, his response is, is, is not one of joy, but it's one of, of, of sadness. And so this idea of our, our coming king it's, it's, it's twofold. It's, it's as we look at, at, at Jesus coming in to Jer Jerusalem on Palm Sunday, and it's also a reminder to you and I as believers and even non-believers in the name of Jesus Christ that we still have a coming king. That Christ, why he has already come and suffered and bled and died on the cross for you and I, that he is coming back again in the name of Jesus Christ to judge both the quick and the dead, the coming of our king. Just a couple of things here uh, on this Palm Sunday. The first thing today is as we look at Jesus, we see that he is a humble king. This is ironic. It doesn't make sense from an from a, uh, earthly perspective, from a natural perspective. Jesus Christ ascends into Jerusalem as a king, but he comes not as you would expect him to come. You would expect for a king to arrive. If there were a king were to come to uh, Oak Ridge, you would expect that you would expect there to be pomp and, and circumstance. Surely, if the president of the United States were to come to, 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 to Oak Ridge, if they would come here to the house of worship, they, they would have an advanced team that would come, and the security would be everywhere, and the, and the, the, the secret service would be everywhere, and there would be all kinds of, 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 of uh, 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 ornate things that would have to happen. There would be pomp. There would be circumstance. There would be all kinds of, uh, uh, of respect and all the things we'd have to do to make sure that the king, that, that, that the quote-unquote, uh, the president would be here. And so but when you look at Jesus Christ, you see none of this. Even in this time, you'd have seen gold, you'd have seen silver, you'd have seen purple robes, you'd have heard the trumpets blasting. But instead, you see none of this. He comes in in the name of Jesus Christ, not so much as a king, but he comes in more as a servant. Hmm? He is not just a king, but he is the king, but he comes in to his place to take over, if you will, riding on a donkey. Now, I, 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 don't, I, don't, I don't know about you. I haven't spent a whole lot of time around uh, farm animals, and so I don't really know that much in detail. But what I do know is, ah, oh, it's a pretty good that donkeys stink. I'm just going to guess on that, and I'm just going to throw that out there for you. So this, this, is, this is not a pristine event, if you will. That, that he, he comes in riding on a donkey as a servant, not to reign, but to suffer and to die for the sins of the world. Wait a minute. What kind of king is this? What 
what kind of king is this? If, it, if this is supposed to be the king, if this is my view of the Messiah, I thought the Messiah would show up differently. Come, 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 come here, Naaman, as I, as I go to Elijah to get my healing, to get my breakthrough. Surely he's going to look different than this. Surely he's going to tell me something different than this. Surely he's going to act different than this. Surely this cannot be the king of kings and the Lord of lords. This is not the one that we have prophesied for from the beginning of time. In fact, we know where this man came from. Isn't this a bastard son of Joseph and Mary? What kind of king is this? Coming of our king shows that he is a humble king. More of a servant in this situation than a, than a king as we would expect. He came to die, to suffer and to die for our sins. Come here, Minister Power. Zechariah 99 says, Rejoice greatly, O daughter of Zion. Shout in triumph, O daughter of Jerusalem. Behold, your king is coming to you. He is righteous and endowed with salvation. He is humble and mounted on a donkey. This is one of the prophecies that were fulfilled. There are hundreds of prophecies. Dare I say, thousands of Old Testament prophecies that were fulfilled in the New Testament by Jesus Christ. Revelations 19.16, the book of the end times, the book of the return of Jesus Christ. It says that on his robe and on his thigh, he has a name written, King of Kings and Lord of Lords. This is what the Holy Spirit said to me. He says, when Christ showed up here, while there was a commotion and there was a stir and everybody knew that Jesus was in town, that if you were in Jerusalem, he says, when he comes back the second time, there's not going to be any question. Let me tell you, when he shows up the second time, you, nobody's going to miss it. Huh? Somebody might have missed it in, in Jerusalem. Somebody might have been out back shooing some horses or something and said, man, you hear about Jesus? Man, he came, he came in like a king. Man, he said, well, no, I missed that. This time around, when he comes back the second time, nobody's going to miss it. Everybody's going to know who it is. You're going to see it all over him. King of kings and Lord of lords. My God, the coming of our king, our God, is not just a humble king, but you see also that he is a compassionate king. He's humble. He's approachable. Anybody can talk to Jesus. Uh, you don't have to have a position. You don't have to have a title. You don't have to have any, a, a college degree. He's humble. He is approachable. Anybody can talk with Jesus. But also, I, 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 he's also compassionate. In other words, he is concerned about you and me. He loves us in the name of Jesus Christ. And you see that here in this scripture. J Jerusalem is an incredibly beautiful city at this moment in time that's in the scripture. It's It's beautiful. The temple is, is gorgeous, it's white, it's gleaming. It's, it's one, it is one of the most beautiful cities, if not the most beautiful city in the world, in the known world at this time. And Jesus Christ comes in, people are shouting, Hosanna, uh, 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 glory be to God, Go, uh, bless the name of the one who comes in the name of the Jesus Christ. Everybody's praising God. The uh, spirit is stirred up in the name of Jesus Christ. And he comes into the city and he sees Jerusalem. And he weeps loudly for Jerusalem. It's not a, you know, Jesus, well, we have this view that Jesus, you know, knocked a few tears out. No, Jesus is, <laughs> oh, 
That's the type of crying Jesus is doing over the city. Stay with me. He's, 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 he's weeping over them, but stay with me. He's weeping over us. He's weeping not over Jerusalem and the mist that's happening in Jerusalem, but in this moment, he's weeping over future generations that would make the same mistake that Jerusalem is making even now. He is weeping for their spiritual weakness. They are not strong spiritually. First of all, they are led by Pharisees and Sadducees who are more concerned about being politically correct than they are about, in the name of Jesus Christ, honoring God. They are more concerned about taking the word of God and manipulating it and making it work out so that their coffers are full with the, with the money of the people than they are about honoring God. And he is weeping loudly for them. He's lamenting over their spiritual weakness, over their spiritual ignorance that they have the word, but they don't understand what the word means in the name of Jesus Christ and the consequences of the word. He's weeping for their spiritual arrogance. Here is God, God himself in the name of Jesus Christ, their very creator whose breath that they are breathing in and out and they choose to ignore him, to turn their back to him, his person, his word, his spirit. He is weeping loudly for our spiritual weakness. The spiritual weakness of the church today, Christ in this moment is weeping for it in this moment. He is weeping loudly for the spiritual ignorance and the spiritual arrogance in the name of Jesus Christ of men and women of God. Just as they were Pharisees and Sadducees in that day, there are Pharisees and Sadducees in the church today that believe that they can shut down the church of Jesus Christ for whatever the reason might be. He is weeping loudly over their unwillingness to receive him as king, just as he is. Hmm? Gotta change anything, ain't gotta make anything different. God is enough. He, he's, he's weeping loudly at the pastors and spiritual leaders and so called. Christian followers who have come to the conclusion that they need Christ plus something else to be delivered. Oh, Jesus. Huh? He's weeping loudly, this compassionate God. He's weeping loudly because he sees their missed opportunity. He sees our missed opportunity for deliverance from sin. He sees there are a greater level of blessing that they could have walked in, that we could be walking in even now. He's crying over it. He knows the consequences of their rejection, and he knows the consequences of our rejection, that they're going to walk in suffering. Seventy-nine years later, the Roman Empire came in and tore Jerusalem apart. They tore it apart so there was not one stone left on a Another in the temple of God. 
A lot of people have been asking questions and wondering about uh, how the home for the homeless children in Mexico is going. I want to thank all of you who, so many of you that have supported us both with prayers and with your financial support. I want you to know that the, the project is moving forward rapidly. Uh, we have uh, purchased uh, 14 acres of property. We did that in December of last year and the building has already begun. So we're hoping to be complete uh, by the end of the summer and, and the worst scenario by the end of the year. I want you to pray about prayerfully uh, continuing support if you've, already been, if you've already been giving, but if you haven't been, to, to join us, to partner with us, uh, to help us to build this home that's going to have an incredible impact for the children uh, in that area. So thank you in advance for your support, for your prayers, and for your financial support. Thank you. He's a compassionate king. He loves us. He, he cried, he lamented, he wailed loudly because of his compassion. Because he loved us so much and he wanted the best for us. He wanted the best for them. But they, choose, they chose to go their own way. Romans 5 and 8 says, but God knows his love for us in that, God shows his love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us or he died for you and I. God showed, shows his love for us in that while we were still going our own way, while we were still rejecting him, while we were still turning our back on him, he went, he went the, the, the whole way and died on the cross for us. That's a compassionate God. John 3.16, most, most well-known scripture in the, in, in the world. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son. I could stop right there. In regards to this particular point in the scripture, God shows his compassion to humanity, to you, to, to me in the name of Jesus Christ by giving us his only son. As a result, <clears throat> excuse me, as a result of that gift, Anybody that believes in him, anybody that believes that he's God, anybody believes that he, he lived a perfect life, anybody believes that he is the way to, for salvation, anybody that believes that he came and suffered and bled and died and got up on the third day and went back to heaven and coming back again, anybody that believes in him shall not perish, but shall have everlasting life. I got a returning king. I got a king that's coming back. We're looking here. This king is coming in to the city, the coming of our king. We see a humble king. We see in the name of Jesus a compassionate king. But lest we miss it completely, we see a holy king. A holy king. We see a sovereign God. We see a sovereign God dressed in humility and compassion, stepping into humanity to accomplish for humanity what humanity cannot accomplish for itself. We see a sovereign king for Jesus Christ is God. Make no mistake about it. I know he was born of a virgin. I, I understand that. You don't know the background of that. I ain't got time to preach it today in the name of Jesus Christ. But he is all God and all man, both at the same time. That's impossible. I, there, there's nothing that is impossible with God. Yeah. 
He's all God and all man at the same time. He, Jesus Christ, is God. Mary's baby is God in the name of Jesus Christ. And as the holy king, as the sovereign God, he is to be blessed, celebrated, and worshipped. As Savior, as Lord of Lords, as King of Kings, he is to be blessed. Oh, I bless the name of Jesus Christ. He is to be celebrated. He is to be venerated. He is to be exalted. He is to be talked about in terms as no one else can be or should be. And he is to be worshipped in the name of Jesus Christ because he alone is God. He's a holy king. Look at the scripture as we read through it. Let me prove it to you. Look at verse Verse 32. Verse 32. For those who, those who were sent away, those who were sent went away and found it just as they, just as he had told them. Things happen just the way God says they're going to happen. Great is his faithfulness to me. Huh? Whatever it is he said, oh, Jesus, whatever it is that he said is going to happen, I don't care what the odds are. I don't care what the president said. I don't care what the police said. I don't care what the, what the preacher at the, at the church down the road that ain't really a church in the name of Jesus Christ said. I, I don't care what your brother said, what your sister said, your mama said, your children said. If he said it, it's going to happen just like he said it. And if it doesn't happen the way that you think that he said it, here it is. The problem is not with him. The problem is with you. You don't understand what he said in the name of Jesus Christ. He's a holy king, a sovereign God. Things happen just the way he says they will happen. And here it is. He does not need to ask for permission. And here in reality is he must not ask for permission. Now, look, at, look at verse 33, 34. You know what they said. What y'all doing? They get, they, they down there with the coat now. They, they untying the coat. The owners of the coat, people who are rightful owners, quote unquote, supposedly rightful owners of the court, coat say, what y'all doing? They said, the king needed. They didn't say, would it be okay if we took the coat and we're going to take it back to Jesus and he's going to get on it, he's going to ride it down into, into Jerusalem and we'll get it back to you later before the day is out. Would that, would that be okay? You, 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 you don't hear that. Listen, because he is the king, he doesn't ask for permission. He doesn't ask for permission to break into my life. He doesn't ask for permission to bless me. He doesn't ask for permission to, to send trouble my way in the name of Jesus Christ. He does, not only does he not ask, he must not ask. If he asks for permission, that's not God. If you got a God that's asking you for permission to do stuff in your life, that's not this guy. That's not Jesus. That's not, the holy, that's not the holy king. He is the king. He does what he wants to do whenever he wants to do. He's not asking for permission. And here it is. He must be honored as the sovereign king. He must be honored. He will not allow himself not to be honored as the sovereign king. So you see now what they're doing? They, 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 got, they got to take my coat, man. My coat on. Can't take it off. Pick up my cup and just throw that down for Jesus. They, they're, they're treating him like he is a king because he is a king. He, he must be honored as king. 
he must be praised with a loud voice. He must be. Verses, you know, verses 37, 30, verse 37, 38 is they shout and they shout loud. Blessed, blessed is the king who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest. Hosanna. They're praising God joyfully with a loud voice for all the miracles they had seen. They are shouting. He must be praised with a loud voice. He must be glorified. Here it is. The authentic believers, the authentic followers of Jesus Christ, we will praise God with a loud voice. Let me tell you something, man. I, I, I don't need you to get me excited about Christ. Come on, somebody. I don't need you to stir my spirit to get excited about Jesus Christ. I showed up. I woke up in the morning excited about Jesus Christ. I woke up thinking about the goodness of the Lord. I woke up thinking about all the stuff God has done for me in my life. I woke up in the name of Jesus Christ to praise him with a loud voice. If anything, you might have to calm me down. I'm waiting for Mr. Powers to tell me, Collins, you singing too loud in the name of Jesus Christ because I must give him praise. Uh, you got, you got, you're going to have to, you're going you're gonna, to you're gonna, you're gonna to praise him. You're gonna, he, he's a holy king. He, he must be praised with a loud voice. He must be glorified. He must be praised and adored because his kingship, his holiness demands it. Uh, Stay with me. Stay with me. Stay with me. Verse 39. Mm. The Pharisees say, just like folk are saying today, Hey, 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 Praise, blessed is the king who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest. You don't know, that, that's what's recorded that they're saying. You don't know whatever else they, they are saying. And so whenever you get excited about God, whenever you get excited about the person of Jesus Christ, whenever you start flowing in the spirit and just letting the Holy Ghost do whatever he wants to do in you in the name of Jesus Christ, there will always be, there will always be the voice of the enemy that says, hold on, wait a minute, don't take all of that. Can't you get in check? Christ's response is interesting. Huh? It's interesting for them, and it's interesting for us today. Christ's response to the voice of the devil in his ear is, hey man, don't you get it? I'm the sovereign king. I'm the creator of it all. I'm God himself in the flesh. Don't you get it? I can put them in check. But the stuff I made in the name of Jesus Christ will cry out and to give the same praise, the same testimony about who I am and what it is I deserve in the name of Jesus Christ. Stay with me.
Well, I hope you found that message to be a blessing. Uh, It's a word in the name of Jesus Christ that really encourages us but challenges us at the same time. I want to challenge you right now to take a personal inventory, a spiritual inventory of your relationship with Jesus Christ. Christ loves us so much that he died on the cross for our sins that we might have the right to eternal life by faith in his atoning work on the cross. Or in other words, because Christ died on the cross for our sins, he wants us in in a relationship, a personal relationship with him. I want to give you the opportunity today, give everyone the opportunity today to give their hearts to Christ. Are you saved? If you were to die tomorrow, if you were to die tonight in your sleep, are you for sure that you're going to go to heaven uh, when you when you die? And I just want to give you the opportunity to, to make sure that answer is yes. And all you have to do is just ask Christ to come into your heart. Just say, pray and say, Lord Jesus, I've sinned. I've fallen short of your glory. I, I want you to be my king, Lord God. I want, to, I want to go to heaven when I die. I want to be saved, Lord God. I want you to be my Lord and my Savior, my master and my king. I surrender my heart to you. It's that simple. And when you do that, it's the best thing that you or I could ever do. God steps in, the Holy Spirit, God steps in and changes our lives, changes the landscape of our lives, changes the the destiny of our lives, changes the eternity of our lives, and I want to give you that opportunity to do that today. If you've done that today, if you've prayed that prayer today, let us know. We want to pray with you. We want to pray for you. Just send us a, a, an email or, or call us on the phone and let us know, and we'll, we, we'll, we'll be happy to partner with you uh, in prayer uh, as for your growth in Jesus Christ. So, Thanks again uh, for allowing us to be in your home. We do count it as a privilege, and we count it as a pleasure and a joy. We're praying for you. We ask you to pray for us, and we'll see you next week at the same time and the same channel. Bye-bye.